Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is a very special episode um, following up with some of our most popular interviewees, is that what they're called, (laughs) Um, on how they're doing during this entire pandemic and maybe some of the lessons they've learned, uh, advice they can share, and, you know, really pointing out some of the things that we all have in common during all this. And I'm so glad that I decided to do this and I really enjoyed the advice and stories that I got out of everybody. So you're going to hear from six people that I've interviewed before and a couple updates on their lives and how they're doing during all this. First, we're going to reach out to Antonio from episode 15 and see how he's doing. Uh, You know, he doesn't have full custody of his kids and he works in real estate uh, both of those can be very challenging right now, so we're going to catch up and see how he's doing. What's up, brother? It's nice to see your clothes on. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> You're so lucky I didn't call you from in the shower. I was, gonna... <laughs> I was like, this will be the best interview he's ever done if I just get it over with. Yeah. I mean, if only I, thought... I was recording video. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How you been, brother? You've been jamming out on the music. I love that. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, funny, I was just talking to somebody about that and just kind of how it's gone in, in waves where I'm like doing that constantly and then I'm just fucking bummed out and don't want to do anything. And then it goes back yeah. up. And uh, it's you know, You're lucky because like for me, I can blow glass and that's like something yeah. I can do on the side. For you, you can play music and you know, like a lot of people have nothing to do. Yeah, there's a, the, the creative bucket is not always there for people to to waste the right. time in um right exactly nice. uh, no that's good i love watching your stuff man i'm always like pumped because you're bringing positivity to everybody well thanks sometimes i struggle to bring it to myself but that's <laughs> that's okay well people like you and i we we feed off of that that's what makes us feel positive is when we're making other people feel good you know? oh yeah there's some there's some definitely uh it's funny i so i do you know all those facebook live things you're talking about and then yeah uh, i've seen a couple of yours and sometimes i see all the people on yours and i'm like damn it I want that many people on mine because that's the kind of like narcissistic validation that I'm looking for. Uh, so <laughs> it's, it's uh, it's no, I really I, I like all the stuff you're doing, and it's it's funny because this is this time has made me kind of address like how much I long for that external validation. That's really unhealthy, but it's, it oh, is I what mean, it is. <laughs> we all do, yeah, we all do for sure. I think that's just. You know, for me, you know, like I, I market the shit out of myself yeah, yeah. for real estate, you know, yeah, so yeah. it's like I, I do what I, I do that on purpose to attract as many people as possible. So no matter what, they know my name yeah, and they know yeah. what I do, you know, whether they like me or don't like me or they're following me, whatever it is, as long as they're following, I'm good. With it. Yeah, you got to you got to brand yourself for that business. Um, exactly. Exactly. So that's the goal every day, every day. Well, thanks for taking the call. And uh, I wanted to kind of just check up follow up see what what how this crazy time is treating you what um kind of obstacles you might have come into i'm curious too as a parent like that doesn't have full custody like how does that work during this time and has that been like crazy it yeah that's been totally crazy for me it's been a little different because my son's mother so my daughter's 14 her and her mom are chill yeah. You know, my daughter's 14. So she's like, I'll just sit in my room on my phone. It doesn't fucking matter where I'm at. <laughs> she actually now my daughter is here for the first time in two months. OK, so she's now staying with me for a few weeks to give her mom a break. But uh, and my son, he has not been here in over two months. Wow. And I've only seen him four times total. But his mother is pregnant. 
So they've like stayed super quarantined and they're yeah. keeping him away from everybody. They're, like they just don't want any issues, you know? Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of like, it's just been a mutual respect. And okay, he's not going to come here. I get why you guys need to stay safe, but I'm hoping soon he can start coming around. I mean, we can't live in fear all the time, yeah, you yeah. know? And I can't not see my kids either. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering. That's got to be... That's got to be a whole oh, other level. Life changing, tough. Yeah. Oh, this past two months has changed. I think everyone's mindset, their uh, their life. It's mentally, physically, everything. Everyone's changed in the past two months more than they've probably changed in years. Yeah, realizing it's, a lot about ourselves. <laughs> absolutely, we've had plenty of time to learn about ourselves, and whether it's good, bad, and when you learn about yourself, you fucking go way high. Yeah. Then you go way low, you know, and then you level out a little bit, then you drop low again, and then go high again. It's it's been a fucking roller coaster, bro. Well, obviously, you're you're not seeing your son is is probably the biggest part of this. But um, what else, if anything, like obstacle wise, have you kind of dealt with, and and some of the lessons you might have learned so far? You know, I think ultimately, like just the separation from human contact is probably because you know I'm such a I'm a, such a communicator, and I'm always out there with people. And being home, I know, like I was just telling my friend that. Uh, being home has changed everyone's life completely. And then like yeah. sitting at home alone, you know, like I'm not married. Uh, I had no spouse for the first part of, of you know, all quarantine whatsoever. And it's, yeah. it was completely like I was home alone every day. So like I live close to my neighborhood. So like, you know, I have a few friends that would come in and out, but they were still staying quarantined too, but they would stop in once in a while to bullshit. But I think just being alone was probably the biggest hurdle, you know, like, yeah. and I've always, worked from home but i always had people in and out so that was probably the biggest thing for me is not having people around and like i spent a lot of hours alone yeah like literally people don't like a lot of hours sitting alone at my house in the fucking silence you know it's funny is i i didn't turn my tv on until the other day i just got internet for the first time in like three years what yeah (laughs) yeah all right (laughs) and uh I finally, because quarantine convinced me to get it. Yeah, that'll but, do uh, it. <laughs> I ended up getting internet the other day, and it was the first time I turned the TV on in over a month and a half. Jeez. Yeah, TV so, has been my my go-to. It's funny because I'll be like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and then I'll be like, ooh, or I'm going to watch, watch this. Office on Netflix again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I always use my phone. Like, I have unlimited data, unlimited hotspot, un, unlimited, you know, yeah. so I can plug my phone into the TV if I want to watch Netflix or anything. But, uh, which is super cool, but, uh, the internet was just, I needed computer life. I needed to fucking, I do a lot of editing, you know, video editing. So I needed the internet for that. And I was just so sick of waiting on shit to upload. But, and I sat here, but my point was I sat here alone for so long with no TV, no nothing in silence, you know? So it was just, it was fucking insane. That was probably the biggest hurdle was just being alone and learning how to cope with myself, you know? Yeah, that's uh, I'm sure that's an obstacle a lot of people are dealing with. My mom is by herself, and I'm that's like my biggest worry is she's just like by herself. <laughs> like, oh, it's it's miserable. Do anything. Um, I mean, she probably goes out more than I would like her to, but like she doesn't sure. you know, go out and socialize. She plays cards with her friends via FaceTime, and then like that's goes crazy. to the grocery store or goes to the park by herself or something. But that's about it. Right. Um, right. So what? Uh, what? Lastly, I'll bug you. Uh, what's what? What are your feelings about the future? Immediate. Long test, long term. Um, I think, I think it's forever going to be changed. I think the world has changed as we know it. Yeah. I think uh, human connections have changed. I think relationships have changed, and I think the future is going to consistently become that. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I my opinion 
is very my opinion is all it is but i think it's fucking crazy and i think that uh i don't know i kind of like it because <laughs> it slowed us all down a little bit you yeah. know and that but it's also it's such a change man like humans are fucking not used to instant change yeah like we like habit and we like to do things that are in order and when you have something that someone takes out of order and they change it on you right away without your wanting or knowing it's yeah it fucking is insane but i i'm good with it and i, I think you know, I always tell people the sign of intelligence is, is not what you know, it's how well you adapt. And that's really what we're going to do is we're going to adapt, you know, and you're going to have the smart people that adapt and you're going to have the other ones that go crazy and lose their fucking minds, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I th it's, there's definitely a lot of lessons to be learned. It's just a matter of whether or not we end up learning those lessons or not. Well, and that's it. That's, yeah, we know that. Yeah. yeah, when we see a lesson, we're like, oh, yeah, I got this. And then, but as humans, we instantly go back to habit. Yeah. Well, you know? I was and, just thinking about that because there's... Uh, um, there's, there's that saying that, you know, like th takes three weeks to do a habit or break a habit or start a habit, you know, like, Oh, you right. do this consistent, but it's like, bro, it's been like 10 weeks and <laughs> I could easily stop doing some shit tomorrow. So I don't know. I don't know how yeah. accurate that is. No, totally. Totally. I, uh, no, I think the future is going to be so much different and I, I, uh, I'm not afraid of it, but it does, you know, it does weigh on our emotions and yeah. our anxieties and our stresses and, you know, and how we feel and our brains and all the chemicals being released from all the thoughts that we're having. And it's yeah. been fucking nuts. Never seen more commercials for mental health in my life. Um, Ever. Which I guess is good. <laughs> no, it's insane. It's horrible. Well, it's, it's good like, that, that, but like, it's being publicly acknowledged at that level. Is what I'm saying. It's, it's sad True how that. fucking prevalent it is, but it's a, uh... well, it's like inducing people. It's like, here, let's give you a bunch of alcohol and turn you into alcoholics. And then we're going to put, put a bunch of commercials on how to sober up. Yeah. You know, it's just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. It's a, it's a weird cycle we're in. Um, yeah. but yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I got. I want to just check in and see where, where you were at with all this and, and yeah, I'm, I'm glad to see you're doing well. Hopefully you'll get to see your son soon. And, um, yeah. and I, I hope the real estate business in general picks up cause that's going to be good for all of us. Well, I mean, I'll tell you brother, the real estate business did not drop. That's good. That's really like good. Like you said, like you said, your brother's house sold yeah, in yeah. 12 hours. Yeah. That's it didn't drop. Like soon as the 7th came, every house on the market that was worth shit sold. That's funny. Yeah. yeah, so real estate is not dropping. This is not a financial crisis. This is a medical crisis and people still have money and there's people making more money now than they did at yeah. work. We're saving so, more money than we ever have before. <laughs> we're saving more money. That's why we've organized all these uh these fundraisers and I had to shout out I like we have 130 agents at my work and I do live videos for them yeah. personally. And uh, I told them, I said, you assholes are saving money. Yeah. So you can afford to put 10, 20 bucks a week towards feeding some people or helping yeah. out the frontliners, you know, and Absolutely. we've done that for the past three, four weeks now and it's worked out good. It's been oh, yeah. sweet. I don't think but, I've ever yeah. tipped a delivery driver more in my life than I have. The last <laughs> Here's a 50 <laughs> but on that note, man, I'm going to let you get to your day. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll touch base with you again soon. Thanks for talking to me. Absolutely. I'll see you soon, my man. Yeah. Peace. All right. Up next, we have Truly from episode nine. Uh, this is the most downloaded episode of the podcast and uh, Truly touched on a lot of different issues dealing with um, raising a non-binary child. And, you know, she works for the University of Michigan, so she definitely had a unique perspective on things that are happening right now and what they had to do down in Ann Arbor, Michigan to uh, prepare for where we're currently at. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. How are you? 
Mm, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> surviving, doing everything well. Yeah, that's right. I'm thriving. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a weird time. I wanted to reach out to you and just see, like, how you're doing. What kind of obstacles you might be facing if if your work has been affected. Um, uh, obviously you have a child which is a whole other obstacle right now uh us telling other people i'm so thankful i don't have kids yet because right now seems like a pretty weird time to have kids um yeah so there's gonna be so many babies born nine months from now <laughs> I, there's a lot of jokes about that and it's funny for two reasons one like they're all gonna uh, there's like a meme or something going around where people are like it's all gonna be f- first kids because nobody that already has kids is having another (laughs) one right now (laughs) that's really funny probably uh and then the other thing like uh and i was was talking to my my therapist about this but it's like anxiety can essentially shut down that part of a woman's body (laughs) and so i don't know i don't know i don't know if that's gonna pan out for a lot of people true um but how are i mean how are you doing how's the family has yeah, um, we're good. I I honestly don't really have memories of um, March or most of April. Um, and that is real. Like I um, I am in a leadership role at work and um, evacuating uh, university students doing crisis communication during that time just about was a round the clock seven day a week job. Jeez. Um, from home, but I was, um, working like the whole, the week before the university shut down, I work for U of M week before the university shut down, it's, it began for the communicators. And so, um, like I'm not a stranger to crisis PR long story short. I just was working a ton, trying to, trying to care for the community in the way I had trained for, as a communicator, providing accurate research-based information and trying to keep the community safe in a time of really a lot of chaos. Evacuating a town essentially is what you're doing when you are a communicator in a university town. That's crazy. Um, Yeah. So So you were just, it was a lot. Yeah. So busy (laughs) that you blacked it out of your memory. (laughs) I did. And I'm a team leader. So, um, I, take that role really seriously i care about my team they're the reason anything ever gets done anyway yeah um and it was taking care of people who also were taking care of people i have people on my team i have a pastor's wife on my team who's caring for an entire congregation three children and doing work um working moms um someone who was affected in a way that caused uh, migration they had to move to a different state because of it to care for family and to make sure they were on even footing um due to a number of things but at any rate it was a lot to manage and i was working a ton oh we had a virtual commencement created from scratch uh for virtual exhibitions for student work i worked for the art design school it was it was so much that I literally have no memory. I lost my verbal skills. Okay. I've never really had um, <laughs> burnout. I mean, it was burnout, yeah. real burnout. And I'd never had that before. I couldn't sleep. I didn't know. I, family had to, like, force me away from working and, like, feed me. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't. I don't know. I was, I didn't care for myself either. And I had a, stu- it sounds so stupid, but when you write your way to money, um, 
a wrist injury is like a serious thing. Yeah. I hurt myself because I didn't set my own like work from home space up correct. I didn't care about me. I didn't even think about me. Yeah. And I hurt my wrist and arm so bad that I like couldn't type for a couple oh. days. Oh jeez. <laughs> stupid. It sounds so stupid, but when your whole job is like is writing. reading and writing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you you're fucked. So. Yeah. It wasn't good, um, but yeah, it it all kind of happened once. I, once commencement happened at the top of May, I took a deep breath and I was like, "What's that time that I've been telling everyone to take?" <laughs> uh, and I took it, and I'm working now. Like it took a couple weeks to recalibrate, and, like gain verbal skills again because honestly it was like having dementia i don't know that's not fair i've never had dementia (laughs) it was like i couldn't talk i could type i could write a beautiful message i could write a speech i couldn't say anything i couldn't remember the like words for stuff i like like kombucha or um (laughs) it was like talking to a grandma i'd like can you get me the thing you know the thing the blue thing the, the thing that covered the blanket? Yeah, yeah, that thing. That's how my mother talks normally. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, yeah, that's that's some extreme burnout. I imagine. Uh, it sucked. How'd you manage, like, how'd you balance being a parent at that same time? Because <laughs> your kid's home 24 7, right? <laughs> I was the shittiest mom. I was shitty. And we saw a regression. We saw symptoms of childhood depression. We saw. Um, I, I mean, this whole thing, I'm like, boo-hoo, boo-hoo, I'm a communicator. There's, like, doctors and, like, cops and EMT, like, whatever. Yeah. I'm nothing. Well. But <laughs> I think it's, like, uh, God, for people who are working around the clock and trying to balance it, it's, like, it's not the first time in human history that, like, parents have worked a shit ton. Yeah. But it is the first time in human history that that village that it takes to raise a child has been out of commission. Yeah. And I have always have a great reverence for the village. I don't do, I mean, I organize like child care collectives with neighbors so that we can like save money and get date nights and be able to work during the summer when it camp is an arm and a leg without like neighbors and friends and grandparents and teachers and after school shit. And it's just like, oh, left alone. You par- as a parent, you're like, you're a parent you're a friend you're the parent you're the friend's parents which play a huge role in a kid's life yeah. i think e- even if it's just stupid shit like carpool and snacks and watching them a few hours after school every now and then it it doesn't matter those people play a huge role in, a, in the life of a family and in the, in the life of a kid yeah um you're their friend you're their parent you're their friend's parents you're their grandparents you're their therapist you're their medical doctor you're like all the things and it you're bad at all of them. <laughs> all of them suck. And so your kid's sad and weird. And um, it's harrowing to think about it as a long-term thing because ultimately your child is getting used to being ignored. Yeah. And doesn't that just make a serial killer? I think about it. Ooh, what is this next generation of like COVID children? They're all like weird and killy. Yeah, that remains to be seen, and I hope they're not weird <laughs> and killy. <laughs> um, I hate it. Um, but yeah, I, since taking time off, like, how did I balance it? I didn't. I was just horrible. Yeah. I have a really independent kid. Um, 
kind of a 10 year old that's different than people that have babies but it was hard sean stepped up he took the time off work um he was still working a ton but even a few hours here and there in an afternoon makes a huge difference yeah which is kind of what i'm doing now was his job affected um, he has not been furloughed. U of M had voluntary furloughs um, gotcha. for now, but I'm. We'll see. <laughs> it's voluntary for now. Many people took them because they ran out of the generous amount of time the university did provide. We had yeah. 160 hours of paid time away outside of vacation time and stuff. Yeah. Which is, I feel really lucky to have that, and yeah. we're using it now. Now I'm using it. I feel like I can use it. I'm working like four to six hours a day. That's and then nice. using that time. So pay has not been affected for either of us, but that's for now. Who knows, right? <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that leads me to my last question, which is like, what are your feelings on the future, both immediate and, and in the distant future when all their kids are murderers? God, I don't know. I mean, so many disparities are being exacerbated by this whole thing. And so a part of me hopes that um, the future is one where people are more aware of them and be better, be better. Yeah, that's my long range. (laughs) Um, I'm also worried that kids are going to be weird. Um, I'm worried that like, I don't know, no amount of hoarding money would save us from we just bought our house. We have like zero equity in this thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, I've just been donating more and hoping that if the shit hits the fan, that good karma can like float our boat. Yeah. <laughs> Cause no amount of stashing away now would, would prevent any sort of calamity on, on our end. If, if we were to lose employment. Yeah. That's a, that's a, it's a weird thing to think about and have to deal with yeah. on such a real level. Um, for wow. a lot of people. Um, yeah um okay that's all, all right. <laughs> well all right. thanks for uh answering the call and and sharing some of your what's going on yeah. with you and uh look forward to talking with you more hopefully yeah. everybody stays a little more sane i'm glad you found some time to take a break hopefully you're realizing uh, that that's okay <laughs> yeah it is it's very good everyone should do it yeah <laughs> I encourage all right it. all right well, thanks, I will for talk to you later. thanks for doing this it's a good idea well thanks enjoy your rainy sunday i will you too. Bye. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. Up next is Dan. And you might remember Dan from episode 14. Dan was formerly with PETA, uh, animal rights activist, and recently moved back to Michigan with his partner and his child, who is now uh, 21 months so there's a lot of a lot of things happening there, and I, I got his unique perspective on a couple different things. So go ahead and enjoy my little conversation with Dan. Hey, buddy. What's up, pal? <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Wonderful. It's funny. I, I like your lion's hat, and I was thinking about that. Uh, a good lion's joke this morning. If they cancel <laughs> NFL this year, it'll be the Lions' best season in so long. <laughs> It'll be, it'll be our first undefeated season yeah it'll be great <laughs> only way we can go undefeated <laughs> if they cancel it all together well hi <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for yeah, taking my call to, good to see you man good to see you yeah it's funny i i'm talking to everybody this morning and 
uh, when I'm not doing this, I don't put as much stock in it. I'm like, you know, like I obviously the podcast, I want to keep that going, but like the, the video chat stuff, I'm like, eh, it is what it is. But then when I'm doing it, I feel so good, like talking to people because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you don't, I don't think you, especially if you're living with somebody, you know, like I have Erica, I don't think about it as much. Um, but then when right. I talk to other people, other than just Erica or my cat, it's like, oh, right. all right, social uh, social behavior is how we all function. So it's been, uh, yeah, it's, it's been some such people a... Like, like, I totally get my, like, I'm one of those people who gets my energy off that. Like, yeah. I really need, I feed off of other people's energy, so. Yeah, I feel that Sometimes same way. I start feeling, like, down in the dumps, and then I get around other people, it brings my spirits up. Yeah, and it's... Uh, like I normally like therapy, but it's funny how much I look forward to it when it's like a video chat when I'm not seeing anybody at all. I'm like, Hey, yeah. it's a person. Right. Um, <laughs> but hi, thank you. Um, I'm just, I want to follow up some people and you are in a unique position too, being a parent right now and uh, just kind of see where you're at, what it's been like, some of the, maybe some of the obstacles or lessons. Um, and I have another subject with you specifically. I want to discuss too, but I'll get to that in a minute. But like overall, I mean, how's it, how's it been? <laughs> yeah, it's it's been rough. Um it's it's been really hard. It's um it's it's been interesting um because there's been a lot of ups and downs and you know, we we've we've definitely tried really hard to make sure we're keeping things interesting for our little guy. Yeah. You know, he's almost he's almost 2 now, so he's you know, he he talks a lot more, he's able to communicate what he needs more. Um so we've we've done some fun things. One of the things we did that I think has been really helpful was we made like a calendar list of things we wanted to accomplish every day for the month of April. Oh, cool! And um, we we didn't completely stick to it. We stuck to it like the first ten days. So we've kind of let it go into May too. But we tried to every day check in on someone. Yeah. Um, and tried to switch it up. Just think about people. Some even if it was just people we only interacted with on social media or family members or whatever. But we tried every day to check in on someone. Um, we made sure we did some reading every day, all of us. Um, and then we tried to do something fun every day. So like one day we had Christmas morning just nice. for no other good reason than there's just why not. You know? Don't tell my wife that. She would be so into that. <laughs> it was awesome. We, we loved it. We watched Christmas movies the night before and uh, and we woke up and um, we had a few things for Rafi that we wrapped. Uh, like he needed new shoes anyway, yeah. so we, we we had new shoes, and then a couple of things were things that we already had, um, and that we just wrapped them up. <laughs> and, and it was like toys he hadn't seen in a while, and it was he That's loved so it. So funny, he yeah, had a blast. Um, so we've done stuff like that, building forts, um, built an obstacle course in the house for him, and just just trying to do things like that that be are fun for him, but also become very therapeutic and fun for us as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, has this affected your guys' job at all? Yes. Um, I have not worked since the second week of March. Oh, wow. Um, Maura, my partner, is, is still works. She already worked full-time from home, remotely dealing with animal emergencies. So, it, you know, that her job didn't change at all, really. Yeah. Um, and then, but I haven't worked since the second week of March. You know, I work at my brother's transmission shop and, um, we basically made the decision to not be open. Um, we, we still take in work yeah. and we still, uh, work on things, but we do it very differently. So when someone brings a car in, the mechanics who work on them go in one day, 
pull the transmissions out. Then my brother, who rebuilds them, goes in the next day, rebuilds them. Um, and I've just done maybe like anywhere from 20 minutes to two hours worth of phone work a day, wow. basically calling customers and stuff. But um, So, yeah, I really haven't worked in a few months. So very different. But, um, I, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's everyone struggling. It's a weird time. But I do – see the silver lining and getting to enjoy this time with my, yeah. you know, 21 month old son, which is yeah. an important time to be with him. I was wondering if you were going to do a month cause you said almost two and I was like, Oh, are we not doing months anymore? But no, we're yeah. back at it. We're back at it. <laughs> we're back at it. <laughs> um, so totally. one, one thing I wanted to specifically talk to you about, cause I, I think this has been an interesting turn of events is, uh, obviously anybody listening to the interview knows about like your previous affiliation with PETA and, and animals in general. Um, and right now, you know, we're going through this thing where there's now like a meat shortage and all these plants are, sh are shutting down and uh, people are really embracing. Like there's even a buy limit on like Beyond Meat and stuff now, too, which is crazy. So, I mean, do you see that as like a weird underlying victory of this time or or how do you I mean, how do you view that given your your history? Yeah, that's. Um, that the way you put that is interesting, but I, I do kind of view it as that, like right or wrong. Yeah. Um, I do kind of look at it as that. Um, I, I hate to do that because I hate to look at like any type of suffering as, yeah. as beneficial. But the fact that you know maybe animals are suffering a little less is is something that's good. Um, but I, I hope that I hope that people realize that um, you know this disease came from eating animals very much like most of them do. Um, most pandemics, you know, like like things like swine flu, which yeah. obviously, you know, came from pigs and bird flu, which came from yeah. birds. And, um, you know, even, even uh, th there's a lot of things that have come from eating animals. I think that we've over time, over history, have come to hopefully come to realize that this doesn't bode well for us to continue yeah. doing this. And right now, I hope that people realize that you know, something that animal rights activists have kind of always been trying to point out that it's not just the animals that suffer. The people who exploit animals exploit everyone. They exploit the workers. They exploit their customers. They use, you know, trick marketing to get you to eat poison. Um, they treat their workers like crap and subject them to very dangerous conditions. I mean, getting COVID at, at work is not even as dangerous as what factory, you know, slaughterhouse workers face on a daily basis. Yeah. <laughs> much worse so i hope that people realize that like just in general these industries are not good to support even if you don't you don't care to help animals or whatever reason you don't want to go just the fact that it's just such a terrible industry that exploits everyone in the process yeah it is it's the only uh and i will say this like just as an objective outsider that the the weirdest thing that i heard from um like plant owners is they're like, it's impossible for us to operate following CDC guidelines. Like we can't operate with our employees being six feet apart and wearing masks and gloves and stuff. And you're like, what? Because I, right. I can't, I can't off the top of my head, think of any job that couldn't do that. And right. so it's like, what are those conditions like? Right. Um, they're so bad. Those, and it's, there's an irony of people being packed into a plant like sardines while they're packing sardines into a can. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. closed conditions. That's crazy to me. Um, that it really was, is. It's sad. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, but yeah, that, I just I thought you'd have a unique perspective on that, so I, I wanted to ask you about that. 
And uh, yeah, I'm happy to see. That, I'm happy to see that you know Beyond Meat sales are up. Um, that people are starting to think differently about what they put into their body. Yeah. You know, it, it's it, it's tough. You don't want to just as an animal rights activist, you always have to kind of be careful about what you say because people are always looking to be like, "No, I knew it. You are a jerk." Yeah. Um, um, or you, it, it, but but you do kind of look at things like this and go, "Hey, this this is what we've been saying for a long time. Like, don't eat yeah. animals." You got a it's sense of I told you so. <laughs> yeah, it's not good for your environment. Like. We could have all avoided this by not eating animals. Yeah. And I think it's important, too, to point out that, you know, Americans like to point the finger at other people. And uh, people look at this as like a cultural thing, like, oh, well, these people in China ate, you know, this animal, and that's weird. But eating any animal is weird. It Just different countries pick which animal is weird and which animal is it. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple coworkers that were talking about how, you know, they were going to shoot the deer in their backyard if the meat supply kept going out and i said you guys don't forget this is came from eating animals and they're like well it came from eating bats or something it's like what's the difference between eating a bat and a chicken or you know a, a duck or, or or a squirrel like it yeah. it doesn't in the animal kingdom it doesn't make a difference to them who's getting eaten they all none of them want to get eaten yeah. and the bacteria can come from any of them so um i hope that we all kind of think about that a little differently and go yeah i guess just in general eating animals is weird and not good for us yeah yeah, I think if nothing else, the lesson, uh, well, like if you're, whether, whether you're vegetarian, vegan or, or anything else, uh, there's definitely a lesson of like where your food is sourced from, if nothing else, you know, uh, absolutely. Um, and, and since we're all suffering right now in different ways yeah. than, we, than we're, we're used to, you know, some people unfortunately are very used to suffering this way, but, um, suffering in, in new ways. I hope that we think about it differently and, and just think about how we can lessen all suffering. You know, I, I've always loved the phrase that if if compassion is an option, it should always be the choice. And we have a lot of choices to make in our in our daily lives. And, and a lot of those can, can in, and involve compassion. If we choose to buy products that aren't tested on animals, whether that's hygiene products or, or, or uh, cleaning products, um, and we can all choose compassion when it comes to the food we put into our own bodies. And that it, that compassion extends to the environment, extends to our own selves, our health, our family members, our, our relatives, and our fellow humans who are, you know, some of them forced to work in these terrible conditions. Yeah. Um, finally, feelings on the future, like immediate, long term, a given, given I, situation. Yeah. You know, to be perfectly honest with you, um, I, li I'm, I like to be very optimistic and stay hopeful. But just in all honesty, I, I don't see too much changing with this for the next, um, you know, maybe year or two. Mm. Um, you know, it's this this situation, like many others, exposes how selfish our society is and how crappy people can really be. Um, and it's sad to see so many people only concerned with themselves and not thinking about how that can affect others. And I, I really, um, you know, think it's sad to see all these people who are, you know, think that it's more important for them to, you know, do things for themselves like their lawn or whatever, or get their hair fixed than it is to worry about people who could be suffering. Yeah. Um, and people say a lot about how I don't know anyone that has COVID. I don't know anyone that has COVID. 
And it's like, that's the point of social distancing. Like the point of this is so that you don't have to know anyone so that you don't get it. Like it's a good thing if we don't know people who have it. Um, But I do know people who have it. I have friends in New York who are suffering from it. Um, And, you know, it's real. And we all have a real responsibility to do something about this. And I don't understand. To me, it's like I know that for people who are suffering with jobs and stuff, it's different. But a lot of us like we can just sit at home and why the fuck don't we want to? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of underlying, uh, anxieties and maybe like previous trauma that people are having to deal with being alone in their house for so long that they haven't really wanted to deal with. That's that's, a great point. Yeah. I think a lot of that's coming out in like the temper tantrums you're talking about. Um, and it's, it's, I take it, you know, I have a pulmonary autoimmune disease. So like I've been extra cautious and, like I don't go into the grocery store. I do the pickup or delivery. And, uh, so I take a lot of that, like personally, like I'm one of those people that could actually get really fucking sick and maybe even die. I mean, I don't know. So, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you've been very vocal about that because you know, you're an influential person and it's really important for people like you who have followings and who are outspoken and influential to speak up about that because, A lot of people aren't, and you know, people are just kind of comfortable doing what they're doing, which which might be the right thing. But I do think it's important for us to speak up against people spreading misinformation. You know, we can do that in in an effective but very stern way to say this is important. People are affected by this, and we can do a small part to help lessen the suffering, lessen death, even. Yeah, for sure, for sure. well, that's, I mean, that's all I wanted to do. Just catch up, see, see what your thoughts and feelings were on everything and, uh, and see how you're doing. Make sure you're holding up well. I'm glad you, you're having a lot of fun with Rafi. That's super cool. It's, it's definitely yeah. a unique time to have children and, and I think people are dealing with it differently and it's great that you're not in like a split custody situation. Cause I've talked to some people like that and that's obviously really difficult for oh yeah current situation. Um, but yeah, that's it, man. I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I appreciate Thanks, you pal. touching yeah. base with me. Justin, just again, man, just want to say I really appreciate uh, what you're doing. I think it's so important that you that you use your platform to keep people connected, um, to keep the discussions happening, um, to, to, to find ways to make us all kind of um, come up with new ideas together and keep us all networking and, and, and creative. And I really appreciate it. We, we, we need more people like you in this world. And I, I really am a fan and appreciate what you do. I thank you. I like, uh, I don't take compliments well, but I'll take it. (laughs) I really appreciate it, Dan. You got it, buddy. Take care and wish the family well. You too. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. All right. Up next, you're going to have to uh, excuse the audio quality. I caught Stacy from episode two, way back when. (laughs) Uh, Stacy is heading back from North Carolina where her and her husband, uh, Andrew randomly decided to go down there for uh, no real agenda. And you'll hear more about that right now. Here's Stacy. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So driving in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. So we actually decided on Monday that we were just going to leave um, and go social distance somewhere else. So we found a place in Bryson City, North Carolina. We thought we were going to Tennessee. Till we got the address, and it was in North Carolina, so it was two hours beyond where we thought we were going, but um, it ended up being awesome, and so we just decided that we're going to drive to, like, the Gatlinburg area and stay for a few more days. Cool. 
Yeah, why not? Yeah. You got your animals with you? What the hell else are you going to do? <laughs> I, exactly. They're loving it. Like, we're doing all kinds of hiking, and it just feels good to be somewhere. Yeah, I mean, since I talked to you last for the podcast, you've done all sorts of stuff. Uh, you've really, like, branded wow. yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, which... I, uh, I'm i in a pivot for sure right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what so. is what is that like, dear? Given the current situation and the times and the isolation and the quarantine, like how is that affecting your day to day? It's been perfect <laughs> because it's funny. The when this all, when it went down, I was in California at a mastermind, like my first ever. Like I invested a ton of money into myself to go, and like literally the world shut down while I was like there, and so I came home with like this giant network which was awesome but for me it was perfect because i had been feeling out of alignment in some of the things that i had been doing and it was like that whole slingshot philosophy like it allowed me to slow down and like pull back yeah. in order to figure and like realign and what i really wanted to do which at some point will slingshot forward but <laughs> yeah so it's been like a blessing honestly for me and what's going on that's good um and then andrew's working from home now or yeah he's been working from home um since the third week in march yeah same yeah. same with erica <laughs> i joke that like people are like what is your like best relationship advice for getting through quarantine and i was like um have a house that's much too big for two people and don't have any children <laughs> yes. like it's pretty simple actually yeah it is <laughs> That is a big one, uh, but it is remarkable how thankful I am that we don't have kids right now. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, that. that would be rough. <laughs> so, other than, I mean, have you gone through any any struggles or obstacles or anything, or has it just kind of been pretty good for your situation? I'm trying to think. I think that um, this time, like Andrew and I, have really utilized this time to connect more and like become a little bit more vulnerable with one another and I think that that can be a challenge because there's like in some ways there's like it's great but there's no way to like get away from it either like yeah. you have to like deal with your shit right like, <laughs> and, and it's not like well I'm going to work I'll just talk to you later um and I think the biggest obstacle is boundaries for him and I like him being home all the time doesn't mean that I get to talk to him about my business all the time yeah. or that there's like, there's like still appropriate times for stuff. Um, and so I think that has been like a little bit of a struggle. Well, yeah, no, I was just like, I was feeling a little stir crazy. I told Erica, I just wanted to like drive up North and then drive back. Cause I like, I don't have a destination, but like, you know, catch up on podcasts in the car or something. Cause it's just like, uh, you know, it, it's weird being stuck in the same spot for so long i like i like your guys idea of going randomly just going to north carolina if we didn't have a cat i'd do that cats don't go in cars as well as dogs i don't think they don't yeah we left the cat at home um he is being taken care of by our neighbor andrew and i almost feel guilty sometimes that we're like enjoying this time so much um and it's been like such a blessing for us not like downplaying anything that's happening but at the same yeah. time like us being miserable doesn't make anybody else happy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like our perspective on the whole thing mm -hmm. has allowed us to 
have a really positive experience instead of the opposite yeah. a lot of people are going through right now <laughs> yeah i've gone i've gone in waves i've enjoyed the free time a lot and done a lot of like creative stuff and then i've just like gone into valleys where i'm like everything is stupid um <laughs> so it, it comes and goes but apparently that's normal we'll see um <laughs> that is so normal i like that's not saying that i don't have my down moments or yeah, like yeah. any of that i just don't know my down moments would be any different if we were in quarantine or not. <laughs> yeah it's it's funny yeah it's it's that's for some normal. people uh i can relate to that i mean we've been we've been pretty good like and it's kind of it's like oh i kind of enjoy this i don't feel like things are that different because like it's not like you know i don't drink anymore we're not going out and partying anyway so it's like right uh we play you know cards or, or games with friends via like an app on our phone instead of in person but other than that it's been pretty much fucking normal yeah i do miss hugs yeah for sure Um, i can definitely get on board with that well uh last i guess i'm just gonna ask if you what your feelings are on the on the future immediate future and the distant future so i was gonna say that if you want like a tactical something that we can that somebody can do or you can do to make like the most out of quarantine yeah um is andrew and i started like a quarantine jar do is we have like just like a mason jar that sits on our kitchen like in our kitchen and every time we do something that like we wouldn't have normally done without the quarantine we like put in we jar because like in our opinion like we're we're creating experiences and like this is a time that you will probably never get again and so like why not make the most out of that and just because you can't leave your house doesn't mean that you can't be like an enjoyable experience so like how do we want to remember this time um and I think that it does a couple different things. Like, one, it helps you in the moment. You're like, wow, okay, like, yeah. we wouldn't have had a Nerf gun fight or, <laughs> or, like, or like, learned a TikTok dance or did, like, a whole game night, quarantine date night. Like, we, we wouldn't have had a toga night with our friends via Zoom. Like, these are things that we would have never gotten to do yeah. um, if not for this time. And so... It sparked a lot of creativity, so it just helps you, like, appreciate it in the moment. But also, kind of going to what you were saying about the future a little bit, is that I don't think that things will ever necessarily go back to the way they were. I'm not going to say normal, because, like, whatever that means. But the way they were, and I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, But it's amazing how quickly we fall back into just the way things were. Uh, if you're not careful. And like, I think that there's a lot of things about this time that are actually better. Like people aren't feeling like they have, like the universe has said no for you. Right. So you don't have to say no to other people. Um, and you're realizing how good that is for yourself and your personal development and all of that. And, um, so when you go back, like in a few months when things are you know kind of coming back and you're getting back into that like hustle and bustle and wearing busyness as a badge of honor like go back through that jar and see like remember some of those times remember what it was like when you were forced to slow down and um be creative and like what you were able to do i don't know so like that's no i I like that jar idea that's funny because yeah i can right off the top of my head i can name a bunch of stuff (laughs) yeah so like don't forget that because I think it's going to be like, again, this is a time in our lives. We're 
never going to forget it. Like That is fitting advice for people driving back from North Carolina for no reason at all. <laughs> so, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, good for you guys. Um, I appreciate you do, taking the call and, and doing this, and I hope you guys enjoy Gatlinburg. Thank you. And, uh, we, I'm sure we will. All right. I will talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Up next, all the way from episode one. Uh, you might remember her. She has a mother in prison who's been an addict her entire life and um, talked a lot about her relationship with God. She's a very religious person, and I'm glad we got that perspective on here. Um, you guys know I'm not really on that same boat, but I love hearing about how people are using religion to cope with things. So without further ado, from episode one, this is Becca. Right on time. Oh, you know me. Hi. Technically, I think I'm 30 seconds late, but whatever. Um, hi. We won't split hairs. <laughs> How are you? Fantastic. How are you? Good. What I want to talk to you about is is kind of like what you're doing right now and and how things have been uh, during this crazy times. Um, and I know your your job has been affected to some degree. Uh, or <laughs> to, uh, some degree. Yeah, I don't know why I say some degree. Yeah, um, working in the restaurant business, I've been laid off since March 15th. Ouch. And then rumor has it I might not go back to work until July. Jeez. Um, you know, rumors are rumors. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also, I keep hearing about sister restaurants closing. So that kind of, it's like, who can survive being shut down for this amount of time. Yeah. Um, I love the restaurant business and I would like, I mean, I just love it. So I would probably stay in it, but I probably need a different job anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. So, um, I mean, it's tough. Like in the beginning I was like, Oh, I'm going back to work next week. Oh, I'm going back to work next week. So it was like one week off and I, I went up North. I like, Spent a lot of time on like TikTok for some really dumb reason. Um, uh, a skill I, I have just, not been able to master. I try, I try, and I try so hard. No, not like I didn't make them videos. Yeah. I was watching them for like hours. It's terrible. It's like it's a giant rabbit hole. But anyway, <laughs> I, um, you know, doing things around the house, I was, I felt like I was wasting time. And <clears throat> my spirit felt so restless. And I was just like, I need to do something constructive with this time that I have because honestly, um, when am I ever going to have this, this situation, I mean, this situation ever again. So it's like, see the positive out of it. And the positive is, um, through unemployment, I'm still getting paid yeah. and I'm not working like, yeah, things are crappy. People are dying. People are freaking out about the world ending and the million of the uh, different views that you can take on the whole situation. Yeah. Um, and then I had to, I really had to run to God. I really had to, I've been watching church online and it breaks my heart that I can't go to church. I was wondering about um, that. Cause obviously religion plays a big role in your yes, life. So. It is. I, it is. It is absolutely awful. I mean, it's just like, it's just like a gym rat not being able to go to the gym. It's, but instead of physically, I can, I can emotionally do things at church, but the, like church at home. Yeah. But it's different when you're next to people. When you're when you're there, it it's like a concert at home. Well, yeah. When you're there, it's so much different, and you ha you share the same mindset. Like you're you're with a bunch of people that believe the same thing you do, yeah. and you can feel it in the room. And then at home, I've had some amazing experiences with God at my house just by myself. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> 
because <clears throat> I'm officially divorced now, so I have to share my kids, oh. which I, I have for several months. But um, I go, you know, four days without my kids. So that's how I have the ability to paint all day this weekend because I don't have my kids this weekend. Um, so that that's another huge adjustment for me through this thing is, is like being okay alone. Yeah. I've, I've, my daughter's five, she's going to be six. So I've had kids attached to me for six years. Um, and that's, that's been difficult to navigate through too. But yeah, the church thing has really got me. So going through this, I've spent more time praying, more time reading my Bible, more time in studies, more time, um, exploring online sermons or like um different churches so you know i can i can tune in and listen to a pastor in texas and feel what's going on there and then still listen to my pastor which is it's pretty awesome i i didn't really do that stuff before i was like committed to one church and then that's who i listen that's how that works isn't it (laughs) right Um, yeah 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 but you're missing that sense of community I, i imagine that's a lot of it like you mentioned before having the other people with you um in person (laughs) it's just it's crazy unique situation like as much as i want to have kids i'm never been so thankful to not have children right now Um, because this that's a whole other level to navigate uh, i imagine um (laughs) i love the i love the meme going around that's like who's quarantined without kids what's it like is there naps involved tell me about the good times (laughs) i love naps (laughs) that hit home so hard (laughs) yeah i bet I bet. Um, well, yeah, you, you already talked. Go ahead. Homeschooling is is tough. I'm dealing with that whole, like, my daughter's in kindergarten. I have six websites to sign into and about 50 different papers that I'm supposed to be helping her fill out in two weeks. I'm like, cool. She, it's like she's in college. Yeah. It's awful. That sounds it like a like lot I'm in for kindergarten. Because I'm the one who has to manage it. Yeah. Yeah, you have, uh, you're taking on a lot of different roles, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the kind of painting and stuff too. And, and I was going to ask like, what are your kind of, I don't know, coping mechanisms for all this time. And, and what are the, what's the, what's the thing you miss the most? Um, what are some lessons you learned maybe about yourself or other people during this? Oh my, oh man. Um, so <laughs> lessons like. It's a good reaction. Yeah. Okay. So co- we'll start with coping. Um, painting has been huge for me yeah. and it's more like being okay, being alone. And I, I feel like I've always struggled with that because not that I'm not okay with myself, but like growing up and knowing you knowing about my past, I've always been responsible for my sisters. I've always been responsible for other people. So I was never really alone. Yeah. Um, when I moved from, um, uh, the Detroit area to Grand Rapids, I, I like fell into depression because I was physically alone I had a boyfriend that that I eventually married in in Grand Rapids, but like, it was so weird not being part of a family and like missing my sisters and missing my dad. Um, And it was hard being alone. And then I adjusted to that and got through um, depression and I poured myself into work. And then that became unhealthy, of course. Um, But it's a new being, being 35 and self-realizing again that I'm okay alone. Like it's, it's a breath of fresh air, honestly. Yeah. Um, so painting is a huge release for me and it's more like it is so therapeutic and then the end result is something that I'm so proud of and honestly sometimes I get done with a painting and I'm like I did that (laughs) like 
that I, I made a painting last night and it was frustrating when I was in the middle of it because it wasn't turning out the way that I wanted it to. And I was like, this paint doesn't look the same as the picture or it doesn't look how I want it to, or this is too blue or too white or whatever. And then I got done with it and I looked at it and I was like, this painting looks freaking awesome. Like I would buy it. <laughs> um, so it's, I mean, you gotta be proud of yourself. You gotta, you, you gotta lift yourself up sometimes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you're your own cheerleader um, is something that I'm finding out. But You're also um, your own worst critic. <laughs> oh, my. So bad. So bad. But I feel like I've criticized myself so hard for so long. Yeah. It's time to, like, chill out on myself. That's fair. <laughs> really, really. Um, I have I've lost some friends through this whole pandemic thing, oh, well. which which is very interesting to me that. I mean, OK, someone told me this thing and it's stuck with me for months now and he said when someone shows you who they really are believe them and being a christian you you want so so badly to see the good in everyone but it's like sometimes you have to be real about who somebody is when they show you and a lot of that i've kind of um related to my mom so my mom's out of prison. Oh, and, and uh, that's a development. Yeah, she got back. She got out of prison in November, and I wanted so badly to create this new life or this new relationship, or um, even have her meet my kids or whatever the whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, but she hasn't changed. So she went. She went back to her old ways and I've gone weeks without talking to her. I'm not a necessity anymore because I'm not supplying her um, money being in prison. So that's, that's kind of been a little heartbreaking. Um, but at the end of the day, she's 50 something years old. People, you're going to be who you are and I can't harbor resentment against that. She made her choices. That's crazy. But yeah, the, the friend thing, like, I took a stance and it's not even a stance. It was not even a stance. It's like, I'm just sharing information and it's like, you need to be open to the information. You cannot just have a closed mindset and say that you're shut off to any and all developing information because this whole thing is not solid. It's not like something we've experienced before. It's not like polio came back. You know, it's like, oh, we've done this before. We know how to fight it. We know where it came from. We know the cure. We blah, blah, blah. No, this is something completely new. And it's it's so interesting how you watch fear change people. And that's really what it is. It's really what it is. Whether and fear is the lack of faith that I've learned. So when what you don't have faith in, that's where your fear is. If it's your health, if it's your if it's your your faith specifically. Um, if it's what happens to you when you die, if it's your job, your, uh, financial security, what you fear is what you don't have faith in. And that's, it's something that is, that's challenging. And a lot of people, what they do when they're challenged, it's, it's interesting to see, but it's all, it's all like the human condition, I guess. Uh, never, never a psych major myself, but, uh, (laughs) it's been an interesting development. Yeah. My, my theory, uh, is there's there's a lot of people that are finding out about a lot of like anxieties and past trauma that they haven't ever had to deal with and being alone in your house triggered. for yeah there's a lot of things being triggered now and they're coming out in a lot of different ways uh 
and some of those are just like temper tantrums. <laughs> so yeah. it's uh, it's been it's been an interesting time, and I try to take things when I see stuff like on the news that uh, angers me or yeah. or gets me really frustrated. I try to I try to put myself in that position of of like okay, they're dealing with something. I don't agree with anything they're doing right now, but they're uh, this is how they're coping with something that they clearly haven't <laughs> dealt with yet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of it is per- perspective. Yeah. A lot of it is perspective is whether you're looking through, you know, you're looking through the bushes or you have a clear view or you're looking, it's, it's all, and you have to think about the glasses that people look through because your, your history and what you've come through and what you've come out of yeah. that shapes the glasses that you look through oh, yeah. circumstances with and like you said, it's like, what, what has that person gone through? Or they're clearly dealing with something. Um, I look at the protests. Um, I know that's probably a sensitive subject for like half the world. And I look at the protests and I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I agree that people should, same thing with like the marches, like the women march or like the, the LGBTQ marches. And it's like, that's their right. And I'm all about people having rights. That's your right to march, whether you're, wearing a rainbow or like dressed like a giant vagina, like that's your right. And then I see these people, um, you know, storming the Capitol at Lansing and stuff. And I'm like, that's their right. It's their right. But at the same time, I'm like, do we really have to be that angry about it? Honestly? Um, So then there's like, and then I take that perspective through the whole news thing. And I'm like, okay, I agree with this part. And then I'm like, the other parts don't make sense. Yeah. And then I just try to find the humor in it. Yeah, it's a lot of gray area. Um, yeah. And I'm so bad at operating through the gray. When I was a general manager, I used to get criticized for it all the time. Because to me, it's black and white. Either it's a you can do it or you can't do it. Yeah. And then when a gray situation would arise, my head would explode and I would handle <laughs> it incorrectly, apparently. Because I would always be like, oh, it's gray? Closer to black than white? No. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's... It's a no. Gray is no. It's it's all gray area. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's a it's a hard, that's a hard thing to deal with. And I, I mean, I've talked about that with a couple other people because you know I have a I have a pulmonary autoimmune disease, so like I am I'm a high risk person. So there's certain things that I have to avoid doing, and it's frustrating seeing people that are unwilling to do some things for like the good of most of the public instead of just themselves. There's a lot of, there's a lot of selfishness, um, which, you know, it's, it's crazy because I feel like this whole thing started and everybody like it was, there was a lot of very positive things going on. Uh, a lot of people like myself included, I was like embracing creative stuff that I do. And I was, uh, I was going on live every day and doing like a little concert and, uh, and then, like, then we got into this wave of, like, okay, it's been a fucking while. <laughs> um, and then everybody, like, all of a sudden, all this really f- terrible shit came out. And and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what wave we're in right now. But it's it, it's definitely had a couple different cycles already. And Yeah. Every, yeah. I mean, you can, it's the it's same thing with, like, I hate to say prison, but when you throw someone in solitude, yeah. someone can only take so much of sol- like, there's a reason that that's punishment yeah. that, that the system has figured out that that's punishment, you know? Yeah. And it's, I still, one of the, the forms of advice that I found a couple weeks into quarantine was, um, 
get fresh air. Uh, and I've, I've spent as much time as I can outside. I've gone on like three mile hikes, which I'm not really a hiker, <laughs> but it's been amazing. And uh, one of them was call someone that you love every day. Yeah. And I, me and my sisters have um, FaceTimed each other. And even if it's just like to sit there and look at each other's face, yeah. it's it's finding out what is healthiest for you and then doing that. If it's if it's reading it, doing what you love, reading a book, crossword puzzles, going outside. I've heard a lot of people um, gardening and I'm like, you don't really look like a gardener. Yeah. So finally, I just wanted to ask like what your feelings were on the future, the immediate future and then the uh, the distant future, not in the space age sort of way, but in <laughs> space time continuum. I get it. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard to look past tomorrow, yeah. let alone next week, next month. Um, I don't know what it looks like to reopen America, nor would I want that job. Yeah. Uh, let, let's be real. But <laughs> I think, I think, Putting my faith in anything else besides my own faith in God would be would cause me to feel really unsure. And I don't feel unsure because I know I know and believe who takes care of me and who provides for me, and that's God. So it's like this is feeling very end timesy. <laughs> <laughs> like the end of times, the world's just gonna fall out of the sky kind yeah. of thing. Um, 2020 has been real rough and we're like four months into it. Um, but the uncertainty causes me to have more faith, honestly. So that's, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we're all kind of finding what's keeping us sane and comfortable and, and not making us go crazy. So (laughs) I'm glad that you have your thing and, uh, I'm, I'm, going in and out of finding mine so that's good uh yeah that's all i got (laughs) i just wanted to check in and see how we're doing you got all sorts of updates though that's crazy divorced three days ago your mom's out of prison did you start writing your book no (laughs) i actually was like you know i've had so many doubts about writing this book like is anyone gonna read it is anyone gonna find it um fascinating or like is it going to be a page turner or is it going to be like first page, put the book down, yeah. throw it in the fire pit type deal? <laughs> I will tell you as someone that has written a bunch of stuff, uh, you won't know until you just start writing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. My mom, yeah, my mom but... reached out to me and asked me about writing stuff. She's like, how do you get started? And I was like, just, you just start, you, you, you start. Yeah. stop asking yourself all those questions. Cause like, that's what yeah. happens. And then you just start writing it. And if it's garbage, it's garbage. You start over. That's my... I love I love hearing your um, your songs. So oh, don't thanks. stop doing it. I like it. <laughs> Maybe I'll put one out later today. Um, thank you, and I, I love hearing that because all I need is external validation. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one was when when you took everyone's suggestions and made a song out of it. I'm glad that that panned out. Oh my gosh, I was laughing so hard. So hard. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was wondering if anyone would enjoy that so that's good to hear i did it was enjoyable yep well thank you becca i will talk to you soon all right bye Bye. and finally from episode 20 my best friend um and, and the longest recap on here is 
is my friend Chad. And Chad had the unique perspective. If you remember from his interview, he was going to Europe in the winter and he found himself in Europe uh, right when the shit hit the fan as far as coronavirus goes. And he has a pretty unique story of what that was like, um, both when it happened there and then getting back here and how things have kind of settled down for him. So I hope you guys enjoy Chad's story. Uh, it's definitely unique, if nothing else. Hi. Hi. Um, I actually wanted to do a follow-up kind of thing. I've been thinking about it because I'm really disappointed in the way uh, my my interview turned out. Because, well, just, you know, I was I was kind of drunk when I did it, so. Which is so funny. Erica said, yeah, you didn't know that. I was like, no. I don't, I don't know. Why. I, don't, I think your episode turned out good. And No, there's some good stuff in there. And there's some, like, yeah, there's some really good stuff in there. But I think just in general, I think I talk too fast and, like, I just am a little bit loose. Well, you, you know what's yeah. funny is there's a, there's a few people that have said something to me about your interview, like, after hearing that, I was like, oh, my God, like they're they had a light bulb in their head about you, like the eye contact thing and, and just a, like a whole bunch of stuff that you could like explained away a bunch of stuff. People are like, what? Yeah. OK, good. I'm glad to, I'm glad that people actually gave you feedback. I, I haven't heard anything. from anybody, Yeah. So um, I don't know. It's funny. That's I think it only happens one of those ways. It either goes to the person or it goes to me. And that's <laughs> well, so that's the other thing I want to do is. uh see what everybody's doing right now i mean you obviously yeah. have a unique story of how this started and is now still going on <laughs> yeah 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 no i mean I, there's plenty of stuff that's happened uh in the interim so so you're in vegas now mm, yep you were in spain when all of this started well i mean well, you were yeah, in Europe it, it, in general. It depends. <laughs> it depends on how far back you want to take it. Oh, when the shit hit the fan, started. yeah. When the shit hit the fan, yeah. When the tipping point happened and we were all, like, we all realized we were living in a different world. Let's see. I guess I should just start where we ended with the last episode. Because um, oh. I was because <laughs> I was talking. It's going to be a long summary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, I do want to point out the fact that I can't, when I did the interview, um with you um back in december i was visiting visiting my family and friends and stuff like that and so i had it was the first day that i had been home and i went out to dinner with my my dad and my stepmom and my sister and when i'm spending time with my family i am compelled to drink and uh, <laughs> and they drink heavily and we just drink heavily so family has that effect I, on people and then, so we went out to dinner and had had drinks, and um, and then you you proceeded to text me. I was like, "When are we going to do the interview?" And you were like, "Well, tonight's really the only night that I have." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So I wasn't expecting to do that the interview that night. So that's why. So I got there, and I was drunker than I than I thought I was because listening back, I was so funny. I was like, oh wow! Yeah, I had, I had zero idea. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like I talked really fast and perhaps that's just how I normally talk, but I was definitely, I, I was definitely loosened up. But yeah, so I talked about how I was going to Europe for five weeks. I was looking forward to this trip. Like I've been dreaming about this trip for such a long time, for years and years and years. You know, the idea of backpacking Europe was always like something I wanted to do. I had, uh, I had been like really anticipating it for the six months previous. So about a month after I did the interview, I started dating this girl that I work with. It had been like kind of 
coming to a slow boil for for a while but she was married she is married and she <laughs> she had a ring on and when we when we when we did training initially like i was like oh that girl's cute and then i saw the ring i was like oh okay she's married and then i just forgot about it you know so i just kind of like moved on you know didn't become a it didn't didn't become a thing for me that i thought about but she kept on like it just kind of like kept on ratcheting up the the, the flirting and the and the i don't know I, I don't know it's just just like we would like have little exchanges and then things and then it became pretty clear that she was interested in me and i kept playing dumb because i don't didn't want to be involved with a married woman because uh, that's just not i'm like i'm very much against cheating and because i've been cheated on and i just i it's just not something that i would ever do and i'd really have a moral it just my moral compass isn't calibrated like that so but at the end of the day i don't because of the stuff that i talked about in my last interview i don't really have the the pick of the litter when it comes to the opposite sex so I'm kind of at a point where I can take I, I take what I can get, um, and I did think she was super cute, but super awesome too. She had a great personality and was just was really I don't know I just was really attracted to her, and so you know it didn't it didn't take long before I finally relented and we started dating. I don't know we we dated. Uh, her husband had a job I won't be specific, but had a job that took him on the road, and for you know periods of time, like. There, the last two weeks before my trip, we spent like almost every day together because he was gone. Things escalated pretty quickly, and uh, we developed really strong feelings for each other to the point where, like, when I left for my trip, like, we were we had said that we were in love with each other. The, the, the morning after I got into New York, I got a text saying that, like, that all her feelings of guilt that she'd been suppressing for the past, you know, however long had all come back and she felt really bad. And she like had to take the time while I was away to, to decide who she wanted to be with. And then the next day she texted me saying that she had already made her decision. You know, I told, basically told her that to take as long as she needed and that I wanted her to make that decision. And that, you know, I didn't want to be the third wheel or to be the, you know, whatever i just wanted to have a normal relationship with her and um and she told me that she chose her husband and and that kind of like i really just the way things went like it was going so well that i was just i really expected her to choose me and so it was really devastating when she didn't and so that cast a long shadow over my over my entire trip because i was just completely heartbroken and so here I am starting out on this like epic journey. And so I'm just completely, uh, I don't, I mean, we all know what heartbreak feels like, but like this was on another level. I don't, and I don't know why, but I had never felt as strongly about anybody else that I've dated as I have with her. So think that's why it hit me so hard but anyway so just imagine the worst heartbreak you can you've had <laughs> so it was it was debilitating i couldn't really think straight i couldn't really i don't know everything was through the lens of like rejection and and you know and devastation so and this whole time so this was all right so just to put it in 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 a timeline for people um 
this was February 24th was the day that I flew to Madrid. And so coronavirus was like on the radar. It was there, but you know, it wasn't, yeah, Yeah. it was, it, it was something that we were all aware of, but you really didn't think it was, that big of a threat. I yeah. mean, I wasn't taking it that seriously at that point. Well, it was like several days into Madrid. I looked at a chart or a graph or something like that and saw where it was in, in Europe. And I was like, damn, I was, I'm in the, I'm in the thick of it. Uh, from Madrid, I was there for like four days, four or five days. And then I went to Nice, France for their uh, carnival. And uh, I was there for the, the weekend of February 28th, the last weekend of February. And they clo- they canceled Carnival because of it. Oh, here's the other thing I was smoking, too. Because I don't smoke, but when I drink, I, 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 I get cravings for, for cigarettes. Mm. And since I was drinking all the time, I was smoking every night. And by the time I got to Nice, I had developed a pretty bad cough. And... I literally that first night in Nice, I thought I had coronavirus and I was making plans to go to the hospital. And like, I was like, I can't, I was like having coughing fits and I couldn't go out. I'm like, I can't go out in public like this. Like people are going to think I have the virus. So that was fun too, um, <laughs> to like have to stay home because I couldn't go out because I was coughing so much. And then from Nice, I was supposed to go uh, like take trains into Italy and I knew what was going on in Italy at the time. This was right when Italy started getting really bad. I went back and forth. I was like, I can't go. And then I was like, oh, it's just like the flu. I started to believe some of that bullshit about it being like not as bad as I'm I'm young. I'm young. I'll be fine. You know? And so the day before I was supposed to leave, then I was like, you know, I I can't, I can't do this. Like, what if I, even if I don't get sick, like I'm not going to be able to, I'll be going to get quarantined if I go to Italy. But um, and then I thought, like, I wouldn't have a job when I got back or like they wouldn't let me start my job again. Um, so I was like, OK, um, I'm not going to take that risk. So I didn't know where to go. So at the last minute, I changed my flight to Barcelona. And so I basically was in Barcelona for two weeks and, you know, people were talking about coronavirus, but like, you know, everybody thought it was just mostly in Italy and France and stuff. And so I got this false sense of, sense of security because I kept on checking the numbers and it was really low in Spain and especially Barcelona. Yeah. So I just kept on going about my business and, you know, I was washing my hands like crazy and going through a bunch of hand sanitizer and just like being very, very careful, but still going out into public and still... You know, I would go to clubs and, you know, I would just be meeting people and be really close proximity to people and stuff like that. And so I was just, you know, kind of not ignoring coronavirus, but I didn't really think it was that much of a threat. The 13th on February 13th, no, March 13th, sorry, um, which was Friday the 13th, Hmm. uh, I woke up with a sore throat and and body aches and a runny nose and just like feeling like shit. And I had the cough still. <laughs> I got this coughing this whole time. So I was like, I was supposed to go out with this girl that I met. It's a really cute girl. And I was like really excited about it because I you know that was the best thing to take my mind off of. You know, my heartbreak was to like find somebody else. 
So I did a lot of tindering while I was there, and uh, I had Tinder dates cancel on it that I had lined up. They um, cancel on me because of coronavirus. And so literally the the, the day, I, the, Friday the 13th, I woke up. I was supposed to go out with this girl at night that I was really excited about. And I was just like, fuck, I can't go if I'm sick. I just didn't know what to do. I'm like, I got I got to know if I have the virus or not. Um, and so I went to the hospital. And that was crazy because that was when things were just starting to get really bad in Spain. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize how bad they were going to get. But when I went to the hospital, I was like, well, if I didn't have it before, I certainly have it now. <laughs> I was just around all the sick people. Yeah. And I wasn't wearing a mask. And... Like they put one on me eventually, but like I had to go down to this like basement area where the ambulances come in and like wait in this. T- I, was, I don't know. It was a surreal experience going to the hospital during a during a pandemic like that. It was just really surreal. Anyway, I got tested and they said I'd have to wait three to five days for the test results. At that point, my trip was over. Like I kind I kind of knew that like I just had to get back as soon as possible. Yeah. So I found a hotel and I checked in and I didn't know what to do. I was, was still wearing the mask, but I didn't know, but it, you know, it's nothing that crazy, but I didn't tell them at the front desk when I checked in and I, cause I didn't know, I didn't think they'd let me yeah. in and I tried to keep my distance from everybody and whatever. But finally that night I, I called them and I told them, I was like, look, I wasn't feeling well. So I went to the hospital today and, um, you know, I got tested for, for the coronavirus and they were like, Oh, okay. Well, they handled it really well. And it was, it was, uh, it was a Hilton and I got to give them props. Like they handled it really well. Um, I had to, I had to scan and email my, um, like take a picture of my document that I got from the hospital for proof or just so they had a record of it. And I had to email it to them and they slipped a letter under my door that said, you know, we can't give you, uh we can't clean your room i was like yeah i figured <laughs> yeah but anyway two days later i got a call i got a call early from them with the results and they said i was negative and I, like literally i guess it was psychosomatic but i could feel like that my breathing was labored and that i was definitely sick with something yeah. but i definitely like think a lot of it was psychosomatic where i just kind of like like thought I had trouble breathing and like it was just I remember that first night I was just like I really thought I had it and I was just honestly actually you know what (laughs) by that point I had been heartbroken for three weeks at that point and by the time I got to the hotel I kind of just surrendered because I was just like I realized that the virus was going to be a big thing and I was just kind of like this is bigger than me and I kind of just like I kind of surrendered. There was there was just a, like a, it, things changed a little bit for me where it's it's it, it made my, my made me put my problem in perspective. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, now I have a virus to deal with. And then I was negative, and so I was still I was like, it made me kind of appreciate what I did have, I suppose. But anyway, so I caught the next flight out of Barcelona. Didn't you get like the last uh, flight I, out? which turned out yeah. I just got the first flight that I could get on. And it turns out it was the last Delta flight out of Barcelona. When I left, this was March 16th when I got the flight back. And then I had to quarantine. So I, I went to my dad's house in Michigan, which was vacant at that point because they're down in Florida. And um, I spent two weeks there. And yeah, we didn't get to hang out. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you took me to get groceries. Yeah. And I um, just sit in the back seat and sprayed your face with yep, hand sanitizer. 
you did spray me in the face. I was like, is that really necessary? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I've got autoimmune disease. Blah, blah, blah. Um, um, so do you think <laughs> like looking at the testing capabilities and especially all the stuff that's coming out with the, uh, antibody tests that are not approved by the FDA, like, do you think that there's still a chance that you did have it and you just got like a false negative? No, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I had it. I, I doubt it. Cause I mean, I was partying pretty hard and so my immune system and, and not sleeping very much. And so I'm sure my immune system was just beaten down. Um, so I, I honestly, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I had it, but. Well, I, so you're back in Vegas. Wanna... You're, you're with your family. What's going so, on? What's, what do you, how are you coping? What's, what's your How am I coping? Look like? Well, here's the thing. I've been, I've been bummed out. I've been, I've been bummed out. And I think it's like, you know, this whole heartbreak thing. And then I realized that it probably, my heartbreak wouldn't be so bad if the, if, I wasn't like, I, I was like, I don't know. I'm reading about how it's affecting people's emotional well-being and psychologically and stuff, having to be on lockdown. And well, it doesn't really apply to me because I'm just depressed for other reasons. <laughs> and I'm like, no, this like pretty inseparable. Um, and I realized like if I didn't have to be isolating right now uh, and socially distant, I suppose um, I could be going out I mean, it's Vegas. I could yeah. be going out and meeting people and like going on dates and stuff like that and, you know, trying to move on. Okay. So let's just count all the th ways <laughs> things went wrong. <laughs> I, got, I, uh, I, I got dumped right before I left for my trip, my once in a lifetime, five week backpacking trip to Europe. Uh, then I got, it got cut short because of the coronavirus. Mind you, the whole time there was the coronavirus going on, and so I was, like, paranoid about that the whole time. So, and then, um, and then when all my, all my coworkers from the job that I left were getting fat unemployment checks to sit on their asses, uh, I couldn't get that because I left my job voluntarily because when you leave for more than two weeks – their policy dictates that they have to terminate you and rehire you. And so technically I left the company. And so I wasn't eligible for unemployment, whatever. I can't complain. I mean, it's just, it couldn't have been worse timing and just like, yeah, it's really this like trip that I was like looking forward to for so long, just went down in flames. It, it's, it's, it's really depressing to think about, but I'm trying to make the best of it. You talk to me about this and I don't know if you want to talk about it at all, but, uh, about possibly looking for a therapist during this. Did you, Yeah. did you attempt that at all? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been so fucking busy. Yeah. Like, it's good and, to be busy right now. A lot of people have way too much time on their hands. Yeah. That's why I feel like I'm kind of like over my, well, I mean, this is a long, well, we're going to be under this cloud of, of coronavirus for a long time. A long time. Yeah. It casts a really long shadow. And we're until there's a virus, which, you know, is, but uh, it's going to be a long time. It's going to be over a year at least. And, uh, and so I'm pretty sure things are not going to get back to normal until then. Uh, I actually anticipate it getting much worse because people are starting to try to resume their normal lives again. And you can't do that right now. Like it's, 
it's gonna it's the economic impact is gonna be way worse if yeah. people like if we open reopen prematurely and that's the that's the short sightedness and myopic approach. So anyway, it's gonna get worse and we're gonna have to shut down again. And I, I anticipate like rolling shutdowns and then in the fall it's gonna come back worse. And then we're gonna have to keep it seems to me like rolling intermittent shutdowns between now and the vaccine. Uh, so, you know, I'm very aware that it's still going on, but I'm back to work. Yeah. And so I have a regular schedule. I mean, I never had that. I was a bartender. So some days I would, I would work during the day. Some, some, I would work some nights. Yeah. And Regularity so is nice. Regular huh? schedule. <laughs> it's nice. Huh? It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. I be, <laughs> I get up at 5am now yeah. every day. Like even today I woke up, before my alarm, like four thirty this morning, it was just crazy for me, being like coming from being a bartender and. Well, any any advice for all these other folks, like you and me? Yeah, get a fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take your mind off of things. <laughs> Learn a new trade. Uh, that'll keep you busy. Um, uh, no, actually, honestly, I've started Pass making music again. That's good. <laughs> I started I started making music again. I finally got my life now that I have this job that I can go to every day. Uh, you know, before I used my free time to like try to figure out what my career was going to be. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah. Well, thanks for that 10 minutes, Chad. <laughs> hey, you're welcome. I love how our 10 minutes uh, how long our 10 minutes are. All right, you just listened to a very special bonus episode following up with some of our top interviewees, uh, top downloaded episodes uh, with how they're handling everything that's going on with the coronavirus pandemic right now and uh, all the different stuff that's happening around the world. And, you know, my favorite things were what everybody had in common. And the first is that everybody misses the human contact. Uh, Hugs, I think, is, is what maybe Antonio said. And... Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I miss the hugs too. It's, it's funny. I often think about like, who was the last person I hugged other than, you know, like my wife. Um, and it's really, it's really interesting. And I wonder if you can answer that. And if that's uh, something you kind of hold on to, cause that's like physically, literally. <laughs> and the other thing that everybody said, which kind of renewed my faith in humanity is everybody said the same thing, which was, Uh, I don't think the future is going to be the same. Like, I don't see a scenario where the future can be the same as it was before. And I I wholeheartedly agree, and I hope it's a change for the better. And I hope you guys are doing all right. And if you want to talk or catch up or have any questions, you can reach out to me, justinsfriendrequest at gmail.com, or on any social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram, at friendrequestpod, or Twitter, friendrequestjl. I'm working on a Patreon right now with a bunch of bonus content, uh, and you are going to absolutely love that. I guarantee it. And yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a weird time. I hope you guys are doing well and I'd love to hear a story from you. So don't hesitate to reach out. Take care. I love you. We'll talk to you next week.